There's a, a bit of a snigger through the congregation there, Patrick, when you thank the parents for picking their children up again. A few of us suspected that that was very important uh, at the end of any CE night. Um, boys and girls, I probably don't need to tell you uh, who David Jackson is and introduce him to you because he comes to CE, so you, you know him. Uh, David's been coming at least once a year for, for a good while now. For the grown-ups who maybe don't know David, David works with Child Evangelism Fellowship, and it was through Child Evangelism Fellowship camps that I first got to know David years ago. So his involvement with that organization, first as a volunteer, but now as a member of their staff, is, is decades long. So David has a, a great uh, love for children and a, and a great background in sharing the good news of Jesus with them. So I know we'll all listen carefully for the next few minutes as David comes to speak to us. Thank you, David. Christoph, for your kind words of welcome. I was just thinking, well, it is 25 years this summer since I first had this guy in my dorm. And I was thinking of the boys in that dorm, and there was one fellow in the dorm, and he was from Spain, a guy called Jonathan Reed. And we were all going to bed at 10 o'clock, to, at half 10 to go to sleep. Jonathan was waking up, because in Spain they were eating, eating their main meal at 9 o'clock at night. And he got the nickname Duracell. Because he just went on and on and on. And uh, it gives me, it's a big thrill for me to see how God has taken Christoph and used him. You know? Gone is a little boy that used to bite at your ankles when you played football. I could never get them. He was too quick for me, even at that age. But it's great. And uh, it's good to see you boys and girls as well. Because someday, God may call one of you. To become like Christoph, to be a minister, or some, or to be a missionary, to tell others about him. Many of you are in primary school. The best days of your life, honestly, they are. I have happy memories of my primary school life, and I went to Harding, and there was. Two important days in the week, and one of them wasn't Friday. But one was a Monday, and the other was a Wednesday, because that was a day that Mr. Wright put the names up on the board of those who had been picked for the football team. And those days, I was a keen footballer, and I could, well, I could run in those days. Now, I couldn't run from here to the end of the, the aisle. And there I was, and I would run down the stairs, broken the school rule, ran down the stairs. Great! I'm picked. But you know, the Bible doesn't tell us how Thomas felt uh, the day that the Lord Jesus told him he was going to be a disciple. You see, when the Lord Jesus was about 30 years of age, which is a few years younger than I am, and the Lord Jesus went about and he started teaching people. And crowds followed him everywhere. It was great. But the Lord Jesus, at some stage during his ministry, decided, I need 12. 12 people who I can train. 12 people who can spend time with me. That I can prepare them to continue the work after I leave the earth. I'm sure that's the way Jesus was thinking. And such a big decision 
that he had to make. Sometimes when we have decisions to make, we just make them like that. But the Lord Jesus, the Bible tells us in Luke, that the Lord Jesus spent all night praying about these people who he was going to to be his disciples. Now we're not told how he did it. Maybe they were all standing around and he said to them, okay, I want the following people to come over here and stand beside me. Maybe explain what this what was going to happen. I can imagine right, no, who's it going to be? Who? Peter. Right, so Peter went over. Andrew. Right. James. John. Many is that he's called? Many have we got now? Four. Right, okay, don't be shy. And then we had Philip. Matthew, Bartholomew, Thomas, and I can imagine Thomas, me, you want me, and there was four others who I could tell you, but I'm not gonna, for the sake of time I'll not tell you their names, some people don't believe me, but um, and he, I can imagine Thomas being shocked. I'm so thrilled to be one of these people. You know, being a disciple of the Lord Jesus, well, Jesus moved about an awful lot. So that meant you had to be good at walking. Some people don't like walking, and many don't like walking. Do you not like walking? Do you not like walking to school? Walking home from school? Walking around the shopping center? No, neither. I don't like walking in a shopping centre either. But they had to walk. Maybe some nights they slept underneath the stars. Didn't stay in the best of hotels. It wasn't, it wasn't a great thing being in the same when people, like the Pharisees, were giving Jesus a hard time. And then, but there was some strange... All right, let's go back one. That's good. Uh, some strange things. Jesus did lots of things. Like one day, he preached for even longer than I'm going to speak, or even on an average Sunday that Christoph speaks. And he preached all day, and the people looked and just listened. What a teacher! But when Jesus looked, he, saw, he felt sorry for the people. And he said to the disciples, We're going to feed them. Going to feed and Philip, feed. Now, come on, hold on. Do your sums here. It's going to take a farmer, a labourer in the farm, to work for eight months to gather all the money to feed this crowd. Jesus said, "We're going to feed them." But a little boy had a lunch, and with five loaves and two fish, the Lord Jesus broke bread and gave thanks, and everybody was fed, and had more than enough to eat. One day when Thomas and the disciples were with Jesus, there was some sad news. One of the Lord Jesus' friends, Lazarus, was sick. And by the time they got to Lazarus' house, he was dead. Everybody was crying. And Jesus said, he's not dead. He's going to come back to life. And they laughed at him. And he rolled his, he him, Roll away the stone. He said, don't do that. He's been in there four days. It'll smell. Rolled a stone and Jesus shouted, Come out! Lazarus, come out! 
And out came Lazarus. Who is this person? Maybe Thomas thought, who is he? But you know, just a matter of maybe weeks later, Jesus had gathered his disciples together in a room. And he said to them, listen, in a little while I'm going to be taken. The rulers are going to take me and I'm going to be killed and put, uh, and put to death. And, go, and then I'm going to come back to life again. But the disciples, they just weren't listening. They just weren't listening. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. But in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And Jesus said, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to come back again. And Jesus said, you know where I'm going? Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't even know the way. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, listen. I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. The boys and girls were singing about the Father's house in heaven, place to dwell for eternity. We were singing about about it earlier on. But some people are confused about what is the way to heaven. The Bible leaves us in absolutely no doubt. The way to heaven, boys and girls, is not necessarily about being good. You can try to be good all the time. But are you good all the time? No. Neither was I. Neither am I. You can try to say, I'll come to church every Sunday. I'll not miss, I'll not miss Junior C.E. There's a program on TV you want to watch. Or your friend called around for you to go out and play and oh that promise to attend regularly and punctually and all the rest. It's forgotten about. Oh some people think I'll come along to church every Sunday morning and I'll put my money in the offering. That's good. But that will never get us to heaven. Jesus said I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And Jesus took some bread and he, he, from the Passover meal and he broke it. And he said, this bread is to remind you of my body that is broken for you. He was looking forward a matter of hours when he died on the cross. When he, he shed his blood. And the wine, he says, that speaks of my blood which will be shed for you. And it's because the Lord Jesus Christ died and rose again that we can have our sin forgiven. Matter of hours later, Jesus' hands were tied. Judas had handed him over to the authorities. He was taken. And and he went before various people. And Pilate brought him in front of all the people. And they were shaking angry hands. We don't want this man to rule over us. We don't want him. Crucify him. Give us back Barabbas. You You say, I would never shake my hand at God. 
No, you mightn't. But if you keep going on the way you go and, and say, no, I won't let the Lord Jesus be in charge of my life. You may as well be shaking your hand. The Bible tells us that we must put our trust in him. He is the only one who can forgive our sins. Shortly afterwards, the Lord Jesus was taken away and was crucified. We don't read of Thomas being anywhere near the cross when Jesus was crucified. There's only one disciple that we read of in the Bible who was anywhere near the cross, and that was John. Don't know what Thomas was doing. Don't know where Thomas was, what he was thinking. Maybe he was away somewhere thinking, what has the last three years been? Has it been a waste of time? Was Jesus not who we thought he was? Thomas was miserable. It probably wasn't much better. When he arrived back to to see the disciples on that first day of the week, to be told, we have seen the Lord, he's alive. They're scratching their head. What? I don't believe you. Thomas was miserable. The most miserable man among the disciples for a whole week. Because he didn't, hadn't seen the Lord Jesus. You know, boys and girls, grown-ups, it is so important that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Because if Jesus Christ had just died and didn't come back to life again, he couldn't take away our sin. He couldn't forgive us. Because a dead saviour couldn't save anybody. Anybody ever have goldfish? Well, my son had two goldfish. One was called Sam and one was called Elvis. He was in the fireman's hand at the time. It's hard to scary think that he will be 18 in May. And that's, that's a long time ago. Well, Sam and Elvis, their water wasn't always clean. It was dirty. Oh, and my, my two children, particularly my daughter Rachel, must have thought we were in heaven because at times it seems as if there was no night there. Early mornings were a regular occurrence. And so, one morning I got up and uh, I looked at Sam and Elvis's water and I thought, it needs changed. So, this is what we used to do in our house. I don't know what you do in yours, but we changed the water at a nice cream carton, put some nice cold water in, got my wee net of other words quick getting around the tank and put them into this nice cold water. And then got this, poured the dirty water right through this colander and stones and washed, cleaned the stones out. Oh, I was really good. Really cleaning them, doing my best. You know, and then washed the tank and we drop a fairy liquid, you know. And, you know really, I, I, I was doing my best. Then put the stones back in. And then I put water in the tank. And then I put Sam and Elvis back in the tank. But ten minutes later, they were dead. Cruel. That was tragic. They were dead. Now, if I, if I changed the water, I think the water was too warm. So I put nice cold water in and put Sam and Elvis back into the cold water to come back to life again. No, why? Took my heart to Why? Come on, give me some hope. Would it not come back to life again? Why? They're dead. 
I put them into the cold water and give them some food, would they come back to life again? Well, why? Well, what can they do because they're dead? Pardon? Well, what can they do? Nothing. If Jesus had us stayed dead, could he forgive our sins? Could he take us to be the he- go to heaven and be with him? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, if Jesus Christ is still dead, our faith, our faith is useless. We're miserable. Oh, Thomas felt miserable. Until the following week, but eight days later, the Bible says, Jesus came back. And Thomas had said, unless I get my, put my finger in his hand or put my hand in his side, I won't believe. Jesus says to him, Thomas, there's my hand. Put your finger in it. Put your hand in my side. Thomas just got down on his knees and said, My Lord and my God. It was as if that day the light shone. Thomas realized who he was, that the Lord Jesus Christ was his Savior. A few, a few weeks later, the Lord Jesus gathered his disciples together outside Jerusalem. And I began to talk, talking about our my, our school teacher who picked the football team. Well, before we went out to play a match, he gathered us together and told us what to do. And it was a bit like this. Jesus gathered his disciples together and he said, listen, I want you to go, first of all, to Jerusalem and wait till the Holy Spirit comes. And then I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. Now, sometimes we didn't win our football matches because we didn't do what our coach told us. But you know, the disciples did. And as a result of what the disciples have done, down through the centuries, the gospel has come here, and that's why we're here. But what about Thomas? What happened to Thomas? Well, historians tell us that Thomas went to India. That's where Thomas apparently took the gospel to. And Thomas lost his life because he followed the Lord Jesus, because he believed in him. You know, boys and girls, Thomas came to the place where he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior and went and told others about him. What about you? What about the grown-ups this morning? Has there been a day in your life when you've come to the Lord Jesus Christ and trusted him as your Savior, given him your life, this morning, even right where you sit, you can follow Thomas's example. You can give your life to him. And Jesus said, he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. And he says, all that come to me, I will in no wise turn away. Come and trust the Lord Jesus Christ today as your Savior. And just like Thomas, believe in him. Thank you.